in John chapter 7, somebody say, I'm there. Let's look at this story. Now, remembering, we are going verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the entire book of San Juan. So if you want to get all of the other verses and chapters, go to our media player. It's on our Elevate MySpace. So just scroll down, and literally, just by you listening to the sermons, you'll hear the whole entire Bible uh, of John, for that fact. And right now, we are at John chapter 7, verse 14. Somebody say, preach it. Let's get into it. It says, not until halfway through the feast did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. So what did he begin to do? Teach. Thank you. The Jews were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having studied? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from him who sent me. So the first question you got on your notes is, where did Jesus get his teaching from? Right here you're learning that Jesus got his teaching from the Father. That's the one who sent him. Now, verse 17, because I know you're talented, you can do more than one thing at once. Keep going. It says, if anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself, but he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is as a man of truth. There's nothing false about him. Now, everyone look up at me, please. You see, what Jesus is saying, is, I didn't come to talk about myself. I came to talk about the Father. He said, everybody else comes to talk about themselves. Who does Pete Diddy rap about? Himself. Who does Daddy Yankee sing about? Who does R. Kelly sing about? Themse- are they all talking about themselves. Who are politicians doing it Them- for themselves? Who do most people you know live for? Themselves. Jesus is saying, look, I have not come for myself, but the one who sent me. He came to honor the Father. Everybody say, honor the Father. Even though God the Son, Jesus Christ, is equal with the Father because we believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Everybody say triunity. We believe that the three are equally one, but we also know that when Jesus came to this earth, he came as a man. And as a man, he went through everything that a man would go through. And he had to get tired. He had to use the bathroom. He had to eat. So what he did is humbled himself. Why? So he could die for us. But when he was walking on earth, people didn't think he was God. People just thought he was a man. You've got to understand, right now, Jesus is only 30 years old. I'm 31 years old. I would be older than Jesus right now. So these Jewish people who are religious leaders, who knew all about the teachings of Moses and the Ten Commandments, are watching Jesus, and they're like scratching their head going, man, how did you get to be so smart without you going to the schools? Because you've got to understand, in the Jewish faith, just to crack open that Bible that you're holding, just to teach it, you had to be in school up until you were 35. You had to be studied and trained. And here Jesus is still young compared to them, and they know he hasn't gone to any of their Bible colleges, and yet he's schooling them with the Word. Somebody say, Jesus is the man. Who is the man? Who is the man? All right, remember, Jesus is the man. Now he gets to right here, and he says, look, I'm not even talking about myself. Like Jesus was like, look, I'm walking on water. I can fly. I know I can fly. Touch the sky. That wasn't what Jesus was doing. Jesus said, I didn't come to talk about myself. Jesus said, I came to honor the one who sent me. Everybody say, God the Father. Now look at verse 19. He, or, or rather, verse 19, has not Moses given you the law, yet not one of you keeps the law? Why are you trying to kill me? See, but Jesus was bad. He could read thoughts. And he knew that these Jewish people wanted to kill him. He knew that he was going to be killed by them. Remember, they didn't love Jesus so much that they built a little statue to him. That's Dito Jesus. What did they do to the man? They crucified him. That would be like sending him to the electric chair. So Jesus knew that these people wanted to kill him. So he's looking at him going, you know what? I know you say you follow Moses. I know you say you are a good person, but I know you want to kill me. Now look at verse 20. Now they're going to trip on him. 
You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Now you know if you call in Jesus demon-possessed, you are crazy yourself. Hello? Now this will help you understand something right now. All of y'all wanted to be Christians and get along with everybody in your school. That ain't going to happen. Jesus Christ was perfect, and they were calling him demon-possessed. What do you think they're going to call you? Are y'all looking at me crazy right now? What do you think they're going to do when you bring your Bible to school? When you start telling people, I don't cuss anymore. When a guy tries to get your number, you're like, look, here's my church number. Call my pastor. They're going to look at you crazy. They're going to say, oh, she's going to look. I'll leave her alone. She's bad. See, all of that, I'm telling you, they were calling Jesus Christ demon-possessed because he knew what was up. He was the man. Who's the man? Jesus, the crowd answered, who's trying to kill you? Jesus said this to them, I did one miracle, and yet you are astonished. Now that one miracle he's talking about is going all the way back in John. Remember that day Jesus Christ healed that man by the pool, and he told him to take up his mat and walk? Y'all remember that? That was on a Sabbath day. So those religious people taught you couldn't even be healed on that religious day. You know, like some people tell you you can't wear hats in church and all that religious law. Well, these people were telling stuff back then, like, you know, we have Sunday we go to church. They were saying, like, on Sunday you can't go nowhere. you got to stay in your house. And that was their Saturday. They called that Sabbath. And here's this sick man by the pool. Jesus heals him, tells him to take up his mat and walk. Jewish people find him like, you ain't supposed to be moving. You're supposed to be where we left you. The man's like, I'm healed. I've been, I'm walking. And they didn't even care. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Somebody say the miracle. So you're all catching it. I did one miracle, and yet you are astonished. Yet because God, Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a child on the Sabbath. Now if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man on the Sabbath? Y'all get that? Remember, chapters and verses are not in the Bible. It's just one big story. So the book of John, all of those chapters and verses were just one story, and John would give that to people. And so we're reading in the middle of this story, and from way back at the chapter 6, all this drama has been going on with the Jews, all because Jesus healed this one man. And he did it on the Sabbath. And he broke their religious laws. And now they're all upset. And they want to kill him. And Jesus knows that they want to kill him. And they call him Jesus demon-possessed. And then Jesus says, look, y'all on the Sabbath day circumcised. How many know circumcised this? You know a little snip-snip? How many fellas know right now if you were to be circumcised, that little snip-snip might hurt a little bit? I had a grown man. He goes to the church and he's like, he had to get circumcised. And man, I'll tell you what, he was walking like this. I'm telling you, y'all look at me crazy, but I'm telling you, man, he was walking like this for like a week. Like any time you would like come up to shake his hand, he'd be like, whoa, whoa. He's like shaking your hand out there. And so what happened was these children would get circumcised, a little snip, snip. Everybody say snip, snip. They get the little snip, snip as a little child, okay? They were eight days old. But right here, God is saying, look, y'all do snip, snips on the Sabbath, but why y'all get mad at me? Because I heal somebody on the Sabbath. Somebody say religion is stupid. You see, religion will have you going up to a statue and kissing it and calling it all types of names. Are you all listening to me? That's dumb. You might as well just take your, your action figure of Pokemon and put it in your car and say, keep me safe today. Are you all listening? It's just a piece of plastic. I ain't mad at nobody. I'm just trying to, trying to tell you religion will make you dumb up here. Are you all with me? Tell you not to eat meat on Friday. You got to do this and this and this. None of that makes sense. Just do what the man said the Bible said. Everybody say amen. Now look at what Jesus said. This is an awesome verse right here. Everybody say, make a right judgment. Now say it like you young people and you crazy and it's Friday night. One, two, three. Make a right judgment. 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Look at this. Verse 24. Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. You see, Jesus said, y'all looking at how old I am? You don't think I know anything? You need to make a right judgment. Stop judging me on how I look. He said to them, you judging me that I do stuff that you all religious people don't like? He said, stop judging on that. Look at the right things. Make the right judgment. Everybody say, make a right judgment. Now, let me help you out with this. Let me give you some examples about making a right judgment. Now, if you, you can tell this is like a post shot right here, you know. They got Gary, that, that model, and said, hey, pose like you're dealing drugs, Gary. Okay. We're dealing drugs. You know that dude. You know this dude. Ain't never been on the streets in his whole life. Anyway. Yeah, give me two. Ecstasy. Listen right here. Now, is it wrong to make a judgment about this? No, this would be a right judgment. You see, if you hear people speak words, say things that is wrong, you can make judgments on that. God, when the Bible says don't judge, it's not saying don't judge at all. It's just saying don't just judge on appearances, but make a right judgment. Everybody say, make a right judgment. I got to back it up. I got to let you see. That's what Jesus said. He said, stop judging by mere appearances. He didn't say just stop judging, period. He said, stop judging just by appearances, but he said, make a right judgment. So for all of this stuff that, you know, only God can judge me. No, no, no. We're supposed to judge. Amen? Oh, it gets quiet when I talk like that. I said, we're supposed to judge, all right? You know what I'm saying, man? I ain't going to just let anybody come up in my house. If somebody came up in my house, you know, with guns and all this, let me come in and hang out with you, Pastor. No, I'm going to make a right judgment. Be like, no, Joker, you stay out here and let me grab my shotgun, and we're going to talk. Right? And I'm going to tell you what, when my wife was a Christian, you know, she is a Christian, but when she was a single Christian lady, and some guy's like, hey, Mama Sita, you know, whistling, she's not going to be like, oh, that's my answer to prayer. Hey, I've been praying for you to come, my knight in shining armor. No, she makes a right judgment. No, that guy's crazy. So the Bible's not saying it's wrong to judge. It's just wrong to judge just by appearances. Somebody say make a right judgment. So that's right. Now let me give you an example. But this dude, see, if you look at somebody just walking down, they got their hands in their pocket. You see, now if you say, oh, that's a drug dealer. No, see, that's a wrong judgment. Because you don't know what he's doing. Right now, he could just be upset that his dog died. He'd be like, my dog just died. I'm serious. He could be walking out right now, and he might have saw like a cute lady. He's like, oh, I'm a tiger. See, so now, now watch. You've you got to make a right judgment, and you can't just judge on appearances. So it would be wrong to say that man's a drug dealer. Are you all getting the point? See, what Jesus was teaching them was they were judging Jesus by his appearances. They were judging Jesus according to their own religious rules. But there wasn't no truth in it. And we can't be judging people the wrong way. It's all right to say, yeah, if a drug dealer, you see him slanging and dope and all that, that's wrong. But just to point to somebody and say, oh, that's drugs, or that's a drug, that's wrong. Let me give you another example. Let's say we catch you in the back corner next to that dim light with a cup of coffee, and you're like slipping in like this. Now, we could say that she just had a little spot there, and you're just going to help her get it off, you know. I'm just going to help you. I love helping you. Put it all over you. Let me help get it all off. No, if you're, if you're in the youth group and we see you and dude doing that and you playing all hard to get, like, no. And you turn your head and he, like, touches you and says, no, come back, baby. If we see you all playing a little cat and mouse like that, we're going to make a right judgment, all right? That's a right judgment. But, you know, if you go down to Navy Pier and you just see a guy and a girl hanging out, oh, what's up? Does that mean they're doing anything bad? 
You see, I, I believe I should be able to trust young adults, right? So if I see you all out hanging out, I shouldn't be able to, I shouldn't say, oh, look at so-and-so, they're making out and kissing. No, I could say, no, y- y'all just maybe hanging out. And I think maybe your parents should give you some more trust because maybe they think this is all you're going to do. But really you're saying, I can go out and do that. Somebody say, that's a wrong judgment. Now look at Jesus. All the way up until this point, John chapter 7, what has Jesus done? Jesus has walked on water. Jesus has gone into a temple and he's made a whip and he's whipped out religious people. He picks out 12 disciples and he starts a revolution, man. This was before Che. This is the revolutionary right here. He starts healing people, not paying attention to what other people think. This man right here starts calling himself God. He starts saying, you need to worship me. You need to pray to me. And, and, and all the time he's doing this, people begin to start making judgments. So everybody here that's ever had somebody judge you and you don't like what it feels like, somebody pointed to you and said something that wasn't true because they were just on your appearances, Jesus knows what that feels like because Jesus was judged wrongly. And here are some of the things that Jesus was judged by. Follow along in your notes because I'm asking you these questions on the back as well. Five reasons they judged Jesus wrongly. Number one, they didn't believe God would become a man. So all of these Jewish people that prayed and worshipped God every day, when Jesus Christ was born in the manger called Emmanuel, everybody say Emmanuel, and that means God with us, they never thought God would become a man. So when they were looking at Jesus, a man that had flesh and blood, they just thought he was a man. You know why? Because they never thought God would be a man. That's one of the mistakes that they made. They didn't understand that God could become a man. Number two, they didn't believe that God would break the religious laws. You see, they thought everything they made in their little temple and their little religion, God was down with. But when Jesus Christ came, he made this whip, and he was kicking out people. You know why he was kicking them out their temple? Because they were selling and making money in the church. I'm telling you right now, if Jesus Christ went 90% of our churches, he would puke. Are you listening to me? It makes him sick, man, when he sees all this money and all this greed and poor people not being taken care of and rich people getting richer in church. It's like pimps. Are you listening to me? It's like, that's my pastor. Oops, that's my pimp. No, call him what he is, man. He drives like a pimp. He walks like a pimp. He talks like a pimp. Are you all listening? I won't tell you as it is. I'm going to tell you as a T.I. is, as a matter of fact, as it is. You all with me? I'm going to talk about pastors because I am one. I've studied to be one. I'm around them, and sometimes I get so sickened by Jesus was sickened by, but they did not believe God would ever have a problem with them. When Jesus started having a problem with them, they said, oh, Jesus can't be right. Number three, they didn't believe that the Messiah would want to save non-Jews. You see, they believed that the Jewish Messiah, the Messiah means anointed one, the Jewish revolutionary was only going to help out Jewish people. But Jesus, he starts hanging out with sinners, non-Jewish people. He starts hanging out with Greek people and starts hanging out with people from Ethiopia and all different types of races. And the Jewish people were racist. And they started to think to themselves, oh, God doesn't love any other people. He just loves us. And when Jesus started loving other people, pretending like these Jews weren't even around, they got jealous and they thought God only loved them. Look at number four. They didn't believe they needed a new covenant. If you look at your Bible right now, it's called Old Testament and what? Let's start over again, class. The Old Testament and the New Testament. Have you ever wondered why there's two? Why isn't there just one testament? Well, the word testament means deal. It means contract. And you see, God in the Old Testament made a contract with Moses. And here was the contract, Ten Commandments, sacrifice, temple, etc. And the Jews thought that there would only be one contract. 
If you see a homosexual, you stone them. Children rebel, you stone them. How many children glad we ain't living in the old contract? Hello, I wouldn't even made it past eight. You know what I'm saying? Just, where's Joe? He's got stones on him right now. He can't come to the door. Because my mom would be doing it crazy, I'm telling you. But listen, they didn't think there would be a new contract because what did Jesus do? He came and said, look, y'all can't follow this contract, man. You know what? I'm going to keep it for you. And so Jesus lived the life that we could not live. As a man, he was perfect. He always obeyed his parents. He never told a lie. He followed that contract perfectly. And then you know what he did? He died a death that we were supposed to die. You see, Jesus Christ lived a life that you and I couldn't live, and then he died the death we were supposed to die. And the Jews didn't think that they needed a new covenant. And then the last thing, they didn't believe God would choose a 30-year-old Nazarene to be the Savior of the world. You see, the center of the Jewish faith was Jerusalem in Israel, and Jesus Christ came from Nazareth. Remember, he was born in Bethlehem, where, in a little stable? He wasn't born like a king. He had no famous parents. He was a carpenter. You understand? And the Jewish people thought that this Messiah, this Savior, was going to be born into, you know, a very prominent family. He was going to be rich. He was going to come from Jerusalem, but Jesus came from the outskirts. Somebody say he came from the hood. Now I want to talk to you today. That's how they did Jesus wrong. That's the story, and that's what I want you all to get out the Bible. Now I'm going to apply it to you. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, he's going to bring it to you. I want to give you number one thing that people judge about this church. Y'all want to make some noise for Jida? I'm going to tell you now how people judge us. And because you are part of us, I'm going to tell you what's up. The first thing that people judge about this church is that they say a church can't be fun and powerful. I want you to think about that. You see, you guys pack out this place. Why? Because it's fun and powerful. But sometimes people will come in and they'll sit in the back and say, oh, no, this can't be a real church. Where's the stained glass windows? Where's the big cross? Where's the man we call father? Where's the mother? Where's the nuns? Where's the statues? And not to be offensive, but some people have told me, I don't call this a church. This is a storefront. And I'm like, yeah, it's a storefront, but the people in here, the church, and you nasty. I'd rather be with these people in your big old building and be nasty. Are you with me? I remember one time I was standing out on this corner and I was witnessing, talking about Jesus and handing out, you know, free tracts and just telling people about coming, you know, invitation. And this one guy was like, he looked at the invitation and he said, I would never come to your church. And I said, why? He was like European. I'm European, like descent, but, you know, I got to laugh at the guy a little bit, you know. So he's like, I would never come to your church. And I'm like, why? He's like, because you stand out on your corner and you invite people to come. How shameful. And I said, dude, Jesus standing out on the corner, man, what you talking about? He, he had this big gold cross, and he was like, my priest would never stand out on the corner. I'm like, your priest is dumb then, man, because Jesus was with the gente. And I'm like, man, wherever Jesus was, that's where I want to be. I don't want to come into church wearing my suit, trying, hey, how you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, sister? I don't want to be fake. I'd rather be around teenagers that are dealing with real problems that want to keep it real. Somebody say, for shiggity. See, this is the real deal. I'll come in my little South Pole trying to want to be like y'all, but just to show you, I'll step out on the streets. Tell you, man, the one time I was on the streets right here, met a dude tattooed all up and down his neck. He said, man, I want to check you out. He took my number, called me up that night, as drunk as can be, and he said, man, my boy just got shot. 
He said, man, we don't even know nobody to come to the funeral. Will you come to the funeral? And I said, yeah. And he said, man, I want you to pray for my boy. And, man, you could just tell this was like a gangster lean party. Everybody was drunk and crying. And I went to that funeral, man. You know why? Because Jesus Christ said it can be fun and powerful. We don't have to be all religious. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people have with church today, that it can't be fun and powerful. It can be both. Somebody say, I. Now, I want to show you this. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Don't take my word for it. I'm going to show you some other passages of Jesus. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. This is why we meet on Friday night and not like 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, okay? Now, look, you want to come to our morning church? You are welcome there. We love morning church. Those of us that try to get up, it's hard for me to get up, I'll be honest with you. But when we do get up, we have a good time. But listen to me, young people. It don't got to be Sunday morning. You don't have to come in a suit. You don't have to memorize the entire Bible and speak in King James. Thou shalt wilt, I'm doing fine, brethren. It's like, what did you just say? Thou wilt, shalt thou do good, my brethren. And it's like, what? You ever hear anybody try to talk religious? It don't even make any sense. I want you all to look at Luke. Somebody say, Luke chapter 10. Okay, now look at this. Jesus sent out his boys to preach. You know how some of you all went out today preaching? You went out around the neighborhood. Look what happened when Jesus sent out his 72. The 72 returned with what? Everybody say joy. Now smile it like you got some joy in you. Say joy. (laughs) There you go. You're happy. Okay. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. See, they were casting out devils. See, some people got evil spirits like you were seeing in this play right here. And the disciples were out preaching, and they were casting out devils, and they were happy, man. They were coming back. Jesus, you got to check this out, man. We were casting out devils, and, man, people were getting set free from crack, and, man, devils were leaving violent people, man. It was awesome. And look what Jesus said. He said, man, you thought that was cool. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. How many know that's a little bit better than your Xbox 360? How many would like to see that happen? Jesus like, man, you casting out devils. I cast out Satan. Like, oh, for shiggity? All right, Jesus. Talk about it, Joe. Look at verse 19. I have given you, look what he keeps saying. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and serpents, to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. If your name's written in heaven, can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Woo! I'm so happy I'm going to heaven. So look what Jesus says, man. He's like, y'all having fun casting out devils. Y'all having fun preaching. You're having fun doing all this. Man, he said, I even kicked out Satan. That was fun. But let me tell you what's even more fun. Rejoice. He said, let me tell you what you should get more excited about. Your name is written in heaven. And that's where you're going one day. Let me tell everybody here. If you come to this church and you love Jesus Christ, man, your name is written up there. Man, we can have some fun, man. We can have our little snacks. We can play ball all night. We can have our, our Puerto Rican festival. We can do our thing for Jesus. We can do the thug dizzle for the loaf of sizzle. You heard? We can do this. And I'm so serious, man. We can have so much fun while we do this. There is no reason why coming to church on a Friday night is lame. Man, don't think you're crazy because you wait to come out here. Man, I wait to come out here on Friday. Man, just like y'all don't want to leave, I don't want to leave. Because we can do so much here. And I think that a lot of y'all are trying to, like, understand it in your head because, you know, religion is supposed to be boring and religion is supposed to be lame. But no, man, it can be fun and at the same time powerful. 
Because, yeah, maybe some things are a little bit more fun. Yeah, you know, we're not, you know, uh, Six Flags. And when it gets warm, y'all might, might want to go there on a Friday or something. But listen, don't even just think of this place about being fun. It's also powerful. We're casting out devils. We're tramping on the devil right here. Man, evil and serpents and snakes and, and all that junk that's in your heart. See, the Bible says he looks at that stuff like snakes. All your hurt and pain, all that stuff the devil threw at you. Some of you have been hurt, you know, abused by parents and let down by boyfriends and girlfriends. Man, just look at all that evil in your life like it was a serpent or a snake and pow, step on that thing. Crush it in Jesus' name. That's fun. That's fun because then you're understanding, man, Jesus is having fun. Man, Jesus wasn't walking around like, oh, 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 John. Please come here and gather me, my brethren. He wasn't talking like that. He was like, John, look, go get that sick dude. Watch this. Be healed. Dude jumps up out the wheelchair. <laughs> Running around the church. And they like slap each other high. Five. That's what we do. Now grab that crack at it right there. That'd be smoking up all them drugs. Dude, come up. Hey, what's up, man? Give me $5. Jesus name. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Man, I'm ready to hang out. He's like, you just got changed. You see, you hang around Jesus. Things happen. And it's fun. And you might be thinking, I'm just crazy, but I'm having fun for Jesus. Somebody say living for God is fun. I want you to see it one more time. Look at Luke 15. You see, they judged Jesus. They said, Jesus, you can't be the son of God. You don't look like it. Jesus, you don't dress like it. Jesus, you don't talk like it. And people may look at you and go, no, you can't be a Christian. You don't dress like it. You don't talk like it. Listen, you can be a Christian and be radical. And still like hip-hop. You can still dress the way you want. You can still have a good time. Now, yes, are there things that change? Yes, there are things that change. But it's not to become religious. It's to become more like Christ. Are you all listening? And Christ is not into religion. And I think some of y'all need to distinguish the two. Religion is just man's laws. What man says you should do. Don't wear a hat in church. Come wearing your Sunday suit and dress up shoes and, and come on Sunday morning and blah, 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 blah. No, Jesus doesn't have a problem with you wearing a hat. He doesn't have a problem with us having church on, on, on Friday nights. He doesn't have a problem with Jidah coming up here and rapping and us jumping for the Lord. Are you all with me? Somebody looked at Luke 15 and somebody say, preach it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Look at this right here. Luke 15, 3, telling another story. Jesus said, then this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. How many would you have left over if you have a hundred and lose one? Are y'all smart? Come on. Does he not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Everybody say joyfully. He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends, neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Listen to me, man. When y'all come to church right here and you bring one of your friends and they get saved, there is a Holy Ghost party up in heaven, man. The angels pull out the music. They start dancing. They start like spinning each other around. Oh, yeah, Cindy brought a friend. She just got saved, man. Pull out the Mountain Dew. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have a good time tonight. And you know there's no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't. Well, there ain't no party because a Holy Ghost party don't. That's the white boy version. Now, what's going to make this place fun on Friday nights? 
is us bringing our friends. And some of you who are visitors tonight, let me tell you something. The most exciting thing you can do here is accept Christ. Man, if you ain't ashamed to get on your knees and just call out in His name, man, you can come right here. Just right on this tile floor. Yeah, it was a storefront. But right here, man, God is in this place. We feel His presence. And you can come right here at this altar and just say, Jesus, I know I've sinned. I've told lies. You know, I've lusted. You know, whatever you've done wrong, you can just say, Lord, forgive me and come into my heart. You know what Jesus Christ says? He says, that was my lost sheep. That was the one that was missing. Oh, yeah, she had to come back. She needed to come here. And I'm so happy that she did. That's a party. So don't let nobody judge you over you coming on Friday night to church. Don't let anybody judge you on what we do here because that's what it's about. It's about casting out devils and destroying the evil with God's good and preaching and seeing people saved. Y'all believe it? Somebody say, aye. Aye. Now let me show you the second thing that people judge us. (laughs) Oh, no, he didn't. Yes, I did. Y'all don't think I keep pictures. I keep my pictures. I know they look so much older now. Juan in the back and Alyssa. I messed up. I'm sorry. Redo. Juan and Hillary. This is like when we first started the youth group. You know what one of the biggest lies? Now watch. Everyone listen to me, please. Give me five more minutes or about 10, 15. Make it even 15, 20. Okay. Listen to me. You know what the biggest lie, the second thing is? After you say or you hear people talk about the church, you know what the second thing people judge? Is they'll judge you. Personally, they'll just judge you. They'll say, like, no, you're too young to live for God. You're just, you don't know enough. You're just too, too, too much like you to do anything for God. Because people who live for God are like these people. And sometimes you'll even judge yourself. You'll look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't look like Pastor Joe. And when I raise my hands and I try to worship, I don't look cool. You know, like a Adolfo up here jumping all around, I don't look cool like that. And you can begin to judge yourself and say, man, I'm too young to live for God. And I want to tell you something. That's a lie. Because Jesus Christ was being judged by people. They were saying that he was too young because he didn't go to Bible college, that he couldn't do things for for his father. But he said, look, I'm not coming talking about myself. I'm talking about the one who sent me. See, here's the thing you've got to look at. Everyone look up at me, please. Are you coming here to try to represent yourself? Are you coming to represent Christ? Because if you're honoring God, God is pleased with you. When you come here and you raise up your hands, however you do it, and however your voice sounds, because you know if I'm singing up, you're like, hallelujah. And that's like my voice. You know you all can sing. And you know what? It doesn't matter how it sounds to others because God is pleased with us. And God begins to see all of us here worshiping the Lord. And you know what? He says, I don't, you know, he doesn't look at you and say you're too young. He just says, that's my, that's my daughter. He doesn't look at you who, who have just joined the youth group and maybe you don't got the lingo down yet. You don't know how to say amen. Like you're always like a half step up. Everybody's like, amen, amen, amen. Oh, man, I'll get it next time, you know. It's like, you know, it's, it's like you start where, where you are at. You start with your journey. Jesus, when he came on the scene, he wasn't going to try to live for the religious people. Listen, me as your pastor and us as the leaders here, man, we ain't here to judge you by your appearances. We're not here to try to judge you. Some of you come here, I know, with with so much junk in your week. I mean, every week I hear people say stories to me. One brother just told me, this week my friend got shot. Another person told me, man, my mom and dad were fighting. 
Another person told me, man, I'm doing bad in school. Listen, I'm not here to judge you. If you come here and, and you just showed up, I'm happy you came here. I'm happy that you showed up. You know why? Because God loves you, man, and so do I. And I know if you can just give God an hour and a half of your time, man, things will change. And if you can just hold up your head one more time and come to God for strength, he'll give it to you. Somebody say, Jesus loves us. I want to show you that. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Don't judge your church on the wrong judgment. Make the right judgment. Everybody say, make the right judgment. And don't judge yourself wrongly. Everybody say, make the right judgment. You know what? If we do hear somebody cuss, we're going to come up to them. Hey, man, don't cuss. If we do see people rubbing on each other, we're not going to allow young people to bring junk like sin up in here. This place is a holy place. We do want you to act like young adults. And if you're not a Christian, at least pretend you're one for a few minutes, all right? And I mean that like out of respect. Like don't lie, don't cheat and steal. If you want to act like a heathen, go out on the streets and then get arrested doing all that nonsense. But when you come here, just be respectful. Now, other than that, we're going to love you. Some of you may have questions. You may say, Pastor, why do we raise our hand? Some of you may say, Pastor, why do we have a band? Man, listen to me. We're going to answer all those questions. We have a whole class that we go through called Disciples of Christ, D-O-C. All right, we got some up in here. And you can talk to Sue Wellen and, and Adolfo, and you can learn about this and say, oh, okay. Now, now I understand why they go out and preach. They're not crazy. They're following the commands. You might be able to understand, oh, what, this is why they don't listen to that music that I, I still listen to, because they know that this in, music influences us. But you see, we're willing to work with you on that. I'm not here to judge you on that. You all understand the difference. If you do a sin, if you sin, like you lie, you steal, you murder, we're going to judge you. We're going to say, don't do that. Call the police. But what we're not to judge in this church is young people trying to live for Jesus. We're not going to judge you. And I always want the worship team to know that. You know, we ask people to raise their hands. But listen, if you really don't want to raise your hands, we're not going to, like, make you. You know, we do like to jump around and sometimes we'll say jump with people who are not jumping. But if like if they're jumping and you're just standing there, okay, we're going to let you go. All we want to do as a church for you is help you believe in yourself. Help you believe that God can do something in you that's bigger than you. Do you think I thought I could be a pastor? I mean, honestly, do you think like Joe was like sitting around one day like, hey, guys, I'm going to be a pastor. Yeah, now let's play football. No, dude, God told me, Joe, you're going to be a pastor. And I'm like, I pulled out all my excuses like, number one, I'm too young. I'm not good looking. I don't know how to preach. Blah, 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 998. I don't have an education. I'm a high school dropout. I used to sell drugs. And the list went on and on and on and on. But Jesus said, I chose you. Somebody say, I'm chosen. Look at 1 Timothy 1.12. If you're there, say, I'm there. Thank you. It says, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. So here's what we want to do in this youth group. Nobody's going to look down on you because you're young. We're going, to be eight, we're going to be your biggest supporters here. We're going to believe in you to do great things for God. We're going to support you. We're going to help you get licenses. Griselda let uh, Tarzan borrow her car to get his license. How many can say, thank you, Jesus? Now, you know Griselda's seen something from God to do that, right? It's like an angel came down from heaven. Let him use your car. I'm serious because we believe in Tarzan. And you all need that? Talk to Griselda. She'll keep letting you borrow your car. You can't borrow mine. No, I'm kidding. Seriously, man, we believe in you. Look at this. It says, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Okay. But now what's your part? This is what you do. 
but be an example for believers in speech. So watch how you talk. In life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Because you know why people can judge that. People can judge your life. Guys, if you're going out getting girls pregnant, you're not much of a Christian. See, we can judge that. Are y'all see? It's quiet when I talk like that. See, y'all want permission to do the slang dingo, and you can't get permission here to do the slang dingo, the funky chicken. You all can't get permission to do that. That's wrong. You see, the Bible says in life, in love, and faith, and purity. You see, you gotta you gotta watch the way you talk. See, if you are cursing, somebody's gonna check you on that. Why are you talking like that? You're better than that. If you're losing faith and you're saying, man, I don't believe in God. I don't believe I need to go to church. They're trying to brainwash me. Man, we're going to help you out with that. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to judge you on your age. Everybody say, I am. And look at the next one, verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift. Everybody say, I'm gifted which was given to you through a prophetic message, which the body of elders gave you when they laid hands on you. Every one of you is gifted. And as you get around this church, people are going to pray for you, and giftings are going to come to you. And Paul is this older man. He's probably in his 50s. And he's talking to this guy named Timothy, who's probably like 16 years old. And he's saying, Timothy, I want you to get out there and preach. Timothy, I want you to use your gifts for God. And don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. But be an example of how you talk and what what you do and how you live and your purity. Everybody say amen. Let's stand up to our feet. And if you love Jesus, can you give him a hand clap of praise? Come on, clap for the Lord. Hallelujah. Josh, would you come up here, please? Let's bow our head and close our eyes. We're going to pray. Father God, when you sent your son Jesus to come to this earth, they judged him and they made the wrong judgment about him. Then Jesus told the Jews to not judge on appearances only, but to make a right judgment. I pray today, Father, in his name, in Jesus' name, that everyone at the sound of my voice makes a right judgment. With every head bowed, nice closed, I pray right now you start by deciding what church you're going to be a part of. If you're not a part of a church, don't judge this church wrongly. Make this your church. Why? Because we love you here, and this is a great place for you to be on Friday nights. If you haven't committed to coming on Fridays, don't let anything stop you. You commit tonight. If you're going to another church and you're just visiting, God bless you. Go back to that church. But if that church is not teaching you the right word, then come on back. So make a decision to choose a church, not based on the size of the building, but based on the size of the heart of the people based on what God is doing. This is a powerful thing God is doing here. Our youth group started with four people in a room because we started with zero, then we got four. And now today there's close to a hundred in just two years. Why? Not just because we have fun, because it's powerful. I want you just right now to talk to God if that's you and you need to make a commitment to a church and let people love on you and help you. There's not no such thing as a one-man football team. They need to be on a team. They need a coach. Even though they could be the best player of all time, Walter Payton still needed Mike Dicka. He still needed his fellow players. You may be saying, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. I'm a pretty good Christian. I, you know, I don't really hurt anybody. Yeah, but you need a team. You need to be around some people. And I want you to do that right now. Just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, help me make this my church. And if it's not this church, then Lord, bring me to a church. 
That's the first thing. God, bring people to this place so that they can be blessed and help bless others. So that they can learn to trample on snakes and serpents. And Lord, I thank you for those that have already made this their church. I pray that God, when their friends drop them off, and sometimes they get made fun of, because they're not walking into big cathedral, Lord, I pray that they just shake it off. Because, Lord, they know there's powerful things happening in their life here. And, Lord, as the summer gets kicking off here in a few months, and, Lord, there's so many activities for them to do and to be and to just, man, have a good summer, I pray, Lord, they never sacrifice a Friday night to have fun. Because, Lord, not only is it fun here, it's powerful. Come on, young people, because that one Friday night you may want to skip, that may be the Friday night your friend's going to get set free from depression. That one Friday night that you feel like skipping, that may be the Friday night that God sets you free from something that's been dark down deep in your heart for years. Some of you have came to this church and you said, Pastor, when you talk, that one service, it radically changed my life. Now imagine if you would have missed that to go boldly. Commit to what God is doing. Jesus had a plan, and those disciples committed to it, but the Jewish people wanted to make fun of it. You commit to Christ. And now number two, we're going to pray about those who are judging themselves. You're not judging in a good way. You're not saying, you know, I can be better. You know, sometimes I slip up. It's okay to, you know, to train yourself to be better. But no, some of you do what the Bible calls as condemnation. It's like when women look in the mirror and, know, and though they're beautiful, they still think they're fat and they keep losing weight and losing weight. And they never like their self-image. It's kind of like that. Like you come to church and you never feel like you're good enough. And maybe sometimes you'll hear a message and maybe one of our leaders will correct you because you're talking. And then you'll even feel even worse and you'll just feel like, man, I don't even know why I come. I, I can't do this. I'm not going to ever be a good Christian. I want to tell you something. That's a lie from the devil. Right now, wherever you are, I want you to just begin to talk to God because you know what? God loves you. And if that's your struggle right now, I want you to just be able to ask God to help you see yourself the way He sees you. He sees you as His daughter. You're His prized possession. He loves you. And He's not going to give up on you. Father God, I pray that all those here that need to be reminded about how much you love them, don't leave here until they know that you love them. Just remind them. Let them feel your presence even right now. When you look at this youth group, everyone look at the screen for me, please. When you look at this youth group, what do you see? Do you see just the kids coming to have fun? Just, you know, these girls in the back there. We got Vanessa putting the cup in her mouth, striking a pose. You know, we got our man Jerome there in the corner, his hands in the pocket. Is that all you see is just kids coming to have a good time? Or can you see past that and see Jesus? You see, because I'm going to tell you what I see when I look across every one of you. I see Jesus. Yeah, you're young. Yeah, you have a lot of questions. Yeah, there are problems that people cause and you cause yourself. All of that's true. I'm not denying that. I'm not asking you to come here and play make-believe. This is not Disney World. Yes, I know that this world is tough when you walk out these doors. But you know what I see beyond all of that? I see Jesus. I see Jesus transforming you into the person he wants you to be. 
And I want you to remember that every single time you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror, who do you see? Do you just see yourself or do you see that God loves you and he's in you and he has a plan for you and he's giving you gifts? Every one of you have talents. Every one of you have abilities. Every one of you are special to God. When you look at this church, when you look at yourself, what do you see? Because you know what I see? I see Jesus. Make the right judgment. Make the right judgment. Don't miss what's happening. You know what? Those Jewish people, they missed out on what Jesus was doing. Those guys could have hung out with Jesus. They could have had their lives changed. They could have went out and did miracles. But you know what they did? They killed Jesus because they made the wrong judgment. Some of you are going to kill your own spiritual life. You're going to kill your Christianity because you think this is all fake. And you know what? You're going to suffer for it. You're the one that's going to pay. Some of you are going to throw your life away in teen pregnancy and messing up with gangs. Listen to me. Before you do that, give Jesus Christ a chance. Look at Him and make a right judgment. He can change you. He can use you. He can bless you. He can rearrange your whole family, your whole situation. He is a miracle worker. Judge Him on His Word. Judge Jesus on what he's done for others. Look at me and say, man, Jesus, if you can take Joe off drugs, you can take me Look off drugs. Look at my wife and say, if you've kept Nancy a virgin, you can keep me a virgin until I get married. Look at our students going to college and say, oh, if you brought them to college and they were the first one in their families to go, you can bring me to college. What do you see? We're going to end in prayer for those that need help seeing Jesus tonight. Let's bow our heads one last time. Jesus, if some people need help tonight seeing you, I pray that they're not ashamed to come forward. Altar workers, come forward, please. I'm going to pray. And those that need prayer tonight, whatever's going on in your life, whatever junk you may be feeling, I want you to come forward in just a few seconds because we want to pray with you. Because if you don't see it, we're going to pray with you until you do. We see it. Each one of you are special to God. Make a right judgment. Father, I pray everybody in here that needs some help tonight, either seeing the church the right way or seeing themselves the right way, and they need to make a commitment to you. They need to ask you for your help. Lord, I pray in the next few moments as Josh begins to sing that song, Freedom, that, Lord, they come up to the front because, God, we don't want anyone to leave the same way. Lord, we want them to see what we see. Father God, the Jews missed it. I pray no one here misses it tonight. Because this is an awesome place and you have an awesome plan for everybody's life here. In Jesus' name.